Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. I have a gift for you today. I want to introduce you to Nate Hood, who's going to read our scripture this morning for us. Good morning, everyone. Um, And if you would please stand, we'll do something different today. If you could stand with us as we read. Um, If you've got old school, please pull out your Bible. If you're going halfway, you can use the paper, or if you've got your phone, you can use that too. But today's passage is from Hebrews 10, 19 through 25, and I'm going to read from the NIV. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised us is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some of you are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And I do have it on good authority. This is your only scripture today, so please leave your Bibles at this section. Thank you. Good. Thank you, Nate. You may be seated. That is the word of God. That's the only word that we're going to, or that's the only place we're going to go to today. So keep your Bibles open if you have them, or your devices uh, up on that. And we're going we're gonna to touch on that. And, and my point of, of having Nathan come up today is, today our, our title is all about being a contributor is greater than being a consumer. A contributor is greater than a consumer. Nathan's one of our deacons here at the church. He's also a servant in this church. He has served in multiple areas. He's always trying to help. The thing that I love about Nate, the thing that I wish I had more in me that he has is the man travels around the country when when travel's okay. (laughs) And uh, he has a friend everywhere he goes. Everywhere he goes, there's another friend. And what I love about his personality, what I love about the the contributor that he is to the kingdom of God is that it doesn't matter if you're old or young or if you're male or female, it doesn't matter. He's got these friends everywhere. And I I just marvel at it. And I just like, what a great contributor to the kingdom of God because he's also a man that loves Jesus Christ more than anything else. And so, I don't know, I just thought it was really neat to have somebody else, and you might see it in other times have that happen too. But, so let's look at Hebrews 10, 19 through 25, and I just, I love it, and I'm going to read just a little bit more of it again, but we can't have enough of the Word of God in us. Therefore, okay, you know, Pastor Pat has said it, you've probably heard it, what's it there for? If there's a therefore, what's it there for? And so if you go back a few verses before it, it, we're talking about the new covenant here. We're talking about not just a way of covering sins, but we're talking about Jesus Christ who came and removed sin from us through what he did on the cross. And so then he's saying, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence, since we have this boldness, depending on the version you read, we get to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. 
by a new and a living way opened up through us, through the curtain or through his body. He's our great high priest. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 talks about that. I, here's my first, I have four points today. Here's my first one. You are completely known by God and welcomed into his presence. You are completely known to God. And if you have called on him, if you've made him your Lord. Now, I will say this. If you haven't done that, you don't have the same privilege that those of us that have, have. But you can. You can. It's a really great thing. It's just asking him to be your Lord and your Savior. When, when you make him your Lord and your Savior and you begin to follow him with all that's inside of you, then you have this same special privilege to be able to go into the Holy of Holies, into his holy presence anytime. And, and when you go in, you're welcomed into that place. So I have a question for you. How many of you have secrets that you've kept from other people. You don't have to raise your hand, but I know you do. We all have secrets that we will keep from others. And I will say, you know what? You could be completely successful at that too. But you can't be completely successful before our Lord. Because he knows everything. And that's the beauty of this whole thing. He says, I even know that junk that you want to keep secret. But ask for forgiveness. You know, just, just say, Lord, you know, I want to get rid of that stuff. And we could be right back into that presence of God. See, there aren't any secrets when it comes to him, to our omniscient, all-knowing God. And let's face it, we all have sin in our background and, and maybe we even try to keep that secret and I'm hoping your sin is in past tense. But I also know that sin is in the present tense because the scripture even tells us if we say we're not sinners, oh, you know, we're probably deceiving ourselves because we have this carnality, we have this flesh in us that stops us from, I think, you know, we're not divine. We fall, we falter, we have our issues. Some of us are getting much better at it. Some of us are doing may be great at it, but we have this flesh that causes us to stumble. And the beautiful thing in this, listen to this, we don't out God's grace. Oh, I just love that. We can't out the grace of God to help us back. And when you start looking at Rahab, you go to the book of Joshua, you can read about Rahab. She didn't out the grace of God. She was a prostitute for crying out loud. How about Samson? You can read in Judges 13 through 16. Samson wasn't probably the most stellar example, but you know what? He didn't out the grace of God. How about David? King David, the man after God's own heart. Read about him in 1 and 2 Samuel. He didn't out the grace of God. How about Paul, the chief of all sinners, he says. Although I think any of us could probably put our name in that. He couldn't out the grace of God. And it says here in the scripture that he sprinkles our heart clean and our guilty conscience. How many live with a guilty conscience? 
You know, maybe, maybe we've even said, Lord, forgive me, you know, but, but then we continue to deal with that guilt and how, how bad I am or how much I have failed and how come I keep stumbling and all these. No, he wants to cancel that guilty conscience too. He washes our body with pure water. Jesus is how we can come and we can stand before the Father as being clean because of what he did for us. That's what we were just reading in that. And that's what excites me so much about all of this. So we have a responsibility, though, that we have to draw near to him. We need to do uh, this with sincerity of heart and the full assurance through our faith. Because of what God has done, we can have that certainty. And then it says in uh, verse 23, let us hold unswervingly. When's the last time you used that word? I don't know if I have. Unswervingly. But that's the NIV. If you go to the New Living Translation, which I read quite a bit too, it says, tightly without wavering. Or if you go to the ESV, and I use that quite a bit too, hold fast to the hope that we profess for he who promised, for he who promised is faithful. Have you, ever fin- have you ever been driving or maybe walking up a sidewalk or whatever it is, and especially driving, because I do a lot of driving up a freeway, you know, where I live, I go up M53, and there's many times I'll see people kind of doing this, you know, in front of me, and you're trying to plan that right time where you could pass or, or whatever it is, and it, there could be multiple reasons why they're kind of in this lane, and they're kind of doing this, and you know, it could be anything from texting to who knows what it might be. You, you can add different things. It could even be slippery roads. I, I, I have a story to tell. I was in my 20s, and I was one of those guys going up in 53. It was snowing like crazy. I owned a Jeep, and I had my brother Terry with me. And we're going up and we're just putzing. It's snowing like crazy. It's mad, maddening because it was snowing like crazy. It's slippery as all get out. And there was just two ruts here and then there was two ruts over here. But getting from these ruts to these ruts was quite the challenge. Even in the Jeep, I didn't have those big gnarly tires. I just had radial tires. But I had four-wheel drive. That's what's going on in my mind. I got four-wheel drive. I can do this. I'm tired of driving 15 miles an hour. So I, you know, and I'm sliding all over and I get into those other two ruts. And so I'm, I'm going to pass these people. Finally. So I get going. I'm the swervingly one I'm confessing here. So I get out and I'm going and the car, I'm getting ready to pass. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go back to those nicer ruts. And so I start getting back and guess what happens to me? All of a sudden, my Jeep is starting to do this. And then it goes down into a ditch. And we're just south of 26 Mile Road. And I punch it. I hit everything. I pushed the gas pedal through the floor pan just about. As hard as I could. And my Jeep went down through this ditch. Popped back up on the entrance. Back onto the freeway. And so I get back on. And guess where I ended up? Right behind the car I just passed. I was the idiot. I was the swervingly one. 
I took my eye off the goal and said, I'm going to do my own thing. And thank the Lord, I was able to get it back under control. I didn't hurt anybody. I may have given that person a heart attack because I was having one too. My brother Terry's yelling and we're both yelling and anyhow. Thank the Lord he welcomes me back in his presence whenever I screw up. And I can make that confession of I screwed up. And I can be right back in. That's my first point. My second point is this. Verse 24 and 25 is where we're going to focus the rest of this morning. And here's the next point. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. So if you get the question from anybody saying, why do we have to keep going to church? What, what's the point of church? And all? Here's a great point. Because we're supposed to be the ones that are spurring on those to your right and to the left, to the front, behind you, wherever they are in here. This is what we should be doing for one another that are in attendance with one another. We need each other. We should be with each other. And I apologize for those that are uh, tuning in online. I'm talking more to the house, but I'm talking to you too. Let me read you something that I, this was just a great, uh, from a commentary, a guy named Guthrie, I just loved it. And he said this, it seems to suggest that loving one another will not just happen. It needs to be worked at, even provoked in the same way as good works. The combination of love and good works is remarkable in emphasizing that love must have a practical outcome. It suggests that the works must be so self-evidently good that no doubt can exist about their true value. See, this is not just a place for us to show up and be a consumer. A consumer of, let's even call it a product, if you will. Um, I, I know there's many other great preachers out there that can give you a great product, have great hearts, get great ministry. But if all we do is come in and consume it to keep it, we've got an issue. We're going to church to learn to be a contributor to the kingdom of God. It is with purpose that we enter this sanctuary of God. Yes, we sing and we give our praises to him and we are even blessed with the gift of great pastoral leadership in this church. But uh, teachers that teach in Sunday school classrooms when we are able to have them, we've got great teachers here. But the purpose for each and every one of us in our coming is to spur one another forward in love and good deeds. We've got a responsibility when we show up. If you show up and think you're going to just sit and consume, that's not a good thing. The church should be a place that we join, we become a member of it, and we begin to contribute into the kingdom of God through the church and to those that are around us. Listen to this. This is Pastor, um, oh my gosh, his name just slipped my mind. Michael Yusuf in Atlanta, Georgia, he said it this way. I love this. We should be conduits and not reservoirs. Ooh, let that sink in for a second. We should be conduits 
and not reservoirs. Somebody needs to write that down. You need to write that on your mirror. You need to write that on the dashboard of your car. You need to write that in all kinds of places. Because we're conduits of God's love, of God's grace, of the kingdom of God. We're not just reservoirs where we hold it. We give it back out. Point number three. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. We could come in, we could be a part of God's kingdom, then we spur each other on and we don't neglect the getting together. We don't give up meeting together. Christian assemblies are intended to have a positive and helpful outcome through the encouraging word, through exhortation. That's what Pastor Pat does week after week. That's what I'm trying to do today or whoever else has a chance to stand up here. Pastor Julie, Pastor Rob, Pastor Noah, whoever it is, anybody else. Nathan Hood, standing up here reading the God. We're encouraging one another. The basic idea is that Christians should strengthen and stimulate one another. The New Testament lends no support to the idea of a lone Christian. Close and regular fellowship with other believers is not just a nice idea, but it's an absolute necessity for the encouragement of the Christian values. Again, that's from Mr. Guthrie who wrote a great commentary. God cares about our, physically, our physical gathering together in church. And I understand we're in a strange time, we're in a different kind of time. And there's multiple ways to do it. We're doing it here online. We're doing it here in person. And we're going to continue to have these things. And I'm not trying to play one over the other. But ultimately, ultimately I'm looking forward to when this virus subsides a lot more. And we can begin to interact. That that these seats begin to fill up again. and, And we don't get comfortable on our couch. We don't get comfortable behind a computer screen. We need each other. We need to realize that we are a family. Do you know that? Does anybody have a brother, a sister, a sibling of any kind? Do you, get, do you get along with them every minute of every day? Have you ever wanted to just punch them in the nose one time? Have you ever punched them in the nose one time? That's family. That happens in family. But we continue to say, you know what? Let's get beyond that. And let's keep loving one another. Brothers, sisters, in Christ. Sundays, our meeting times, these are our family times. Do you ever have a parent or do you ever have somebody that loved you so much said, you will be home for dinner? I kind of consider that what this is. You know, we have to connect. The family has to come together. That's what Sundays are. We need to stop making other things more of a priority. Let's make sure that our gathering to worship, to praise together, to sing together, doesn't become a part of just a weekend routine. We're coming together. Listen to this. We're coming together to honor the King of Kings. We're here to praise the one that redeemed us from that lifestyle that we didn't want or that we were running in and it was going to potentially as my friend always tells me, Steve Malik is going to take you to jail's institute, institution or death. But he gave us life and he gives us life and life more abundantly. 
We're coming to, to praise the Savior, the, the creator of everything. Nothing should move us or nothing should take a top priority of that in our lives. Can I hear you say amen to that? Nothing should take a priority to us worshiping our Savior, our Creator, and getting together with the family to do that at least once a week. Come on. When I'm hearing that the average Christian in America, the average and this is coming through mainstream media, so I, I don't have all the qualifications to say the average Christian. But it's about once every six weeks now. That's pathetic. That's, that's, our God is so much more than that. Come on. To be here, we should be here whenever we can to be in a place to praise Him. And that doesn't mean you can't take vacation. Yes, it means you can do that. He blesses us that way. But for us to, to prioritize other things in front of him, it's time to check our priority list. We need to get that back in, 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 in sync. We need to fight the trend of saying that church is unimportant. No, his word tells us, don't quit meeting together. We need to be together. We need each other. We need one another. We have been redeemed by Christ. And this should become the weekly place where we get together and praise him. This is another saying that I heard from one of the pastors I I do enjoy uh, listening to and I believe learning from is Pastor Tony Evans out in Dallas. And he said it this way. If your get up and go is got up and gone, you you need someone who can lift you up. It's a hard thing to be a Christian. We need each other. Church, we need each other. If we're just showing up with the attitude of, okay, pastor, feed me what I need, and then we get up and leave and say, well, he didn't say anything to me, you're to blame. And I'm sorry if that comes across harsh, but we're to blame. I'm to blame. I can confess that I've had that bad attitude in the past. We don't need the most clever things. We don't need, what we need is a heart that wants to worship. What we need is a heart that says, oh God, I can't wait to be in your presence. And Lord, when I get in your presence, then I get among my family and I get to be with the people that I love and that I care for and that need encouraging. They need to be spurred on just like I need to. And we need each other to help each other out. Again, I want to fight the tendency of coming in and being an inactive spectator of what goes on and become a contributor to the kingdom of God every time I get into church and get to go out from church. And let's begin to turn the tongue of criticizing off. We are part of a physical body of Christ followers who come together We are born again. We are redeemed. We've been made new. We are creations. We are servants. We are followers of the God most high. And Jesus Christ is our Savior who gave us eternal life. We need physical connection with each other to continue to keep us strong in that mentality. Amen? My last point. But encourage one another. But encourage one another. That's in verse 25. But encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. 
Do you know there are 100 recorded in the New Testament, one another's? Have you ever heard that before? I'd never heard that before until the last couple weeks as I was looking at this. There is something to that. That, that's something that we need to really look at. 100 New Testament recordings of one another's. See, Christianity is a family. Family is dependent upon connection. And connection is dependent upon presence. I've been so blessed this Christmas season. I had all my, my sons and my daughter-in-laws, my daughters, if you will, able to be home. Oh, that presence just does something to the soul, doesn't it? There's one thing about FaceTime, and I'm grateful for that. There's another thing about communicating through long distance, and I'm grateful for all that, but there's nothing better than being in the same place, to have that physical presence with one another. That's what our attitude's got to be about our church and our God and our Savior and our serving. Pastor Pat last week did a great job, I think, and, and he was very clear, and I think he was very precise saying we understand that we're in a different day, and it's, it's a struggle, and some cannot be in person right now. That's all right. But when this thing begins to lift, and when we are able to get together, I just want to be an encourager, encourager to you today, and even for those of you that are in the house, Let's continue to be together and encourage one another and to pray for one another and to, you know, we're here. We're, we're going to be here. And when you're able to return, we want you here. We're excited about that. Please allow the Holy Spirit to direct you if it's the right time to come out or not. We understand that. And it's just such a good thing. I love being able to stand out front and say good morning as people are coming in or when we're in the house together and I know we're not able to socialize like we truly want to yet it's coming let's continue to practice it maybe we got to practice it from a distance right now but let's practice it we can all strive to become the best encouragers this city knows can you do that? Can you begin to let a spirit of encouragement begin to, to well up in you and to be one of those things and let's be the encourager that we are. We're to spur one another on. We're to meet together and we're to encourage one another when we get together. As I was thinking about this, I was thinking about Aaron and her that had to hold up their leader's arms. How about how Elizabeth encouraged Mary? or Barnabas to Paul. And I can begin to start listing some names and, and I do, I have some, some great friends. Pastor Pat and I got in a group of some pastors and I love some of these pastor friends. Alex Silva and George Johnson and these guys, Mark Reynolds, these guys are great. And then I have a couple other friends that I've had, Aaron Halab and Pastor Doug Combs, Mickey Battlement. These people are nothing but encouragement to me and I, I strive to be more like my friends. And, and then there's people in here and I'm not gonna name one name in this room, but I would sure love to because I'm gonna leave somebody out and I don't want that to happen. But there's so many that are in this house that are great encouragers already. Keep that up. 
How about you? Are you one of those that is able to encourage, to lift up the spirit of somebody, to speak life? All it takes is a kind word every now and again. And I'm not just talking about being nice, but I'm talking about us spurring one another on toward love and good deeds. That's the body of Christ. We have a job to do when we come to church, not just sit and be a reservoir, but to be a conduit of God's love and grace. Amen? Does that make sense? Is that something that can... I hope that's something that can encourage you and take you into a new year. You know, um, I enjoy the new year coming. I enjoy the chance to say, you know what? Maybe I can reset something. Maybe I've faltered by the end of the year and now I got a new year and I could start this up again. But I would love for that to be a church encouragement, to be encouragers, to spur one another on. We should be building each other up whenever we're together. You know, that's what I, when Pastor Doug Combs is a friend of mine, of course, my son and daughter-in-law, they go to his church. I'll tell you what, I, I have to say, every time I go down to his area down into Harrison, Ohio, and I have a chance to be with him, I leave feeling so much better about myself than I really am. <laughs> I really, he makes me feel so good. He's, he is, to me, one of the epitome of an encourager and how he loves people and how he engages. And, and, and he's just, he's made that kind of impact to me that it's just important for me to strive to become more like that. Go ahead and check out the New Testament. Start looking at how many one another's are there? There's a hundred. One another. I've, I've got a list here if you'd like it. I'd be happy to go over it with you. Be at peace with one another. Don't grumble. Don't grumble among one another. Be of the same mindset of one another. Accept one another. Wait for one another before the communion service. How about this out of Galatians 5 and verse 15? Don't bite, don't devour, don't consume one another. Now you got to go read that in context. How about just love one another? Will you stand with me today? Love one another. Love Jesus more than anything and then begin to share that with those that are around you. Love one another. So when you come to church from here on out, you're not just coming to church to hear what the pastor might have to say. You're coming to church to do a ministry. We all have a ministry to do when we come in. We have the ministry to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And we have to make sure that we get together to meet with one another and then be an encourager. Oh my God, I come before you today. I thank you for this time. I thank you for this place. I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for each and every one that's in this place with us today. Lord, those that are online with us today, we're grateful, Lord God. Our body is not just in this building, but Lord, it is in homes. It's in different locations. Lord, it's not even just in Michigan. There are those outside of Michigan that are watching online. And Lord, I just ask that you just let your spirit move. Let your spirit empower. Let your spirit quicken each and every one. Lord, let us remember that as we come to this, to this great building that you've blessed us with, Lord, called the church that 
We want to nurture, we want to take care of it. We want to, we want to make sure that it, it, it's handled in a great and a proper way. But Lord, the church are the individuals that are here. And we are all part of one another. We're all part of the great church called Jesus Christ, the capital C. Thank you for it. Bless each one. We just ask that you touch them now. Move upon them, Lord, as they're going into the rest of this week. And as, Lord, we break into a new year. Oh, Lord, let your spirit move in your people. Lord, I'm just asking that a spirit of encouragement would not just walk with everybody today, but Lord, let today be a start of encouraging in each and every one of our tongues and our hearts and our thoughts towards one another. Lord, for those that maybe haven't had the privilege to be able to enter into your kingdom or into your holy of holies, because they haven't made you their Lord. I just pray for that. That one that's maybe listening today that's, that's wishing they had more of that opportunity. Hey, all we have to admit is we are a sinner, right? Admit we're a sinner. And then we have to believe that there is a king, that there is Jesus who not only died, but he rose again. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus as that one sacrificial lamb that then applies forgiveness to us. And Lord, with their mouth, all they have to do is confess that you are Lord. Admit, believe, confess. Help them make that decision today and then they can be part of this great family. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for each one. Keep them safe as they go from this place. And most important, Lord, as we exit these doors, let us take the love of Jesus Christ that's in each and every one of us to the world that's waiting to hear for it. In Jesus' name, I pray and I ask it. Amen. God bless you today. Have a fantastic week.